Young Future Voices. The podcast by Fondation Jeune Scientifique Luxembourg. Hello and welcome to Young Fersche Voices, the podcast where we talk to our alumni, our participants and all the people around our foundation. And in today's episode, we are talking to David Delizotti, who will tell us all about biodiesels. So I can't wait to learn more from him. And first of all, thank you very much, David, for coming today. Thank you for having me. But I have to say that I tried to remember all the oils you looked at and I always forget one. So I'll just ask you to tell us. So which oils did you look at and uh, and what kind of uh, characteristics you looked at? Yes. So I used olive oil, sesame oil, sunflower oil, corn oil and canola oil. Those are the five. And I was basically testing which one produced the best biodiesel in terms of how much energy it releases when it combusts. Okay. So you just went and bought them in the shop, I assume? Exactly. Yeah. Are they all easily available? I, I To be honest, I don't know much about canola oil. Well, the canola oil I actually couldn't find in a shop. I uh, had to go to school. This My school had some, um, yeah, in the cafeteria but uh the other ones were quite available and uh, yeah i found them in the supermarket and how did you choose them why did you look at these and not other ones well i i chose these ones because i already did some research online before and i tried to kind of choose a variety of different oils and these oils had different fatty acid amounts so in there because oils are are basically triglycerides and how did you know that they had different amounts oh well i i searched it up I went on Wikipedia and other, yeah. Okay, so you chose the sample first to have a more variety. And that's why canola oil, I assume. Yes, yeah. Canola oil was quite, the, I think it was the one that, was, that had the biggest difference between the other ones because it had more saturated fatty acids than the other ones. And I think maybe that's why it wasn't as good as a biodiesel. So you already revealed a little bit the answer and the results, but before we look at uh, what you found out, in general, what is biodiesel? Well, biodiesel is a biofuel. It's a fuel that can be made from either fats or oils, animal fats or oils. It acts as a fuel like diesel or petrol, whatever, yeah. And is it something that we can actually easily buy on the market nowadays? I don't think I can get a biodiesel in Luxembourg, can I? No, I think, uh, well, it's a, a relatively new idea. The industry is only starting, I would say. There are a few, I think there are, um, in Luxembourg, there are um, gas stations where you can get biodiesel. But yeah, it, it isn't still kind of uh, worldwide and common to see. Yeah, I would say it's, you know, one of those discussions that we're having, right? So I, as I am originally from Poland, I remember there was a moment when all the farmers were getting very excited about biodiesel, but yeah. it's exactly, it's always the question of, of costs uh, of starting the new trend, let's say, and whether someone wants to switch. And of course, we're talking fuel, which is a very difficult uh, market to get yeah. into, I guess. There are just too many players and too much lobby as well mm -hmm. going on. So of course, I need to ask you, and I'm sure you're just already a bit tired with this question, but how did you start with this biodiesel idea? I guess you did not use it while driving your car and then you said, oh, I want to know what's inside. But just why did you want to look at the oils and biodiesel? Well, the idea came from looking first at food waste. In my school, we kind of have a bucket where everyone dumps their food waste. And I was wondering what can be done with this food waste because I see it every day repeatedly and it's, yeah, it's quite disturbing to see that 
there's this much food waste. And I, and I can't even imagine what it's like worldwide. So I was thinking, what can we do with food waste? And I saw that there are a few kind of possibilities. The one I was most interested about was biodiesel because it's a, a fuel and it's renewable. And uh, yeah, I saw that it was a relatively new idea. So I yeah, decided to go into it. And how does it work actually from a practical point of view? You take the whole food waste and you try to extract some oil from it? It has to go uh, through further stages. You can either use a solvent or... Um, you can go through paper chromatography, which it, which might be more expensive. But yeah, generally we use normally organic food waste to, to yeah to make biodiesel because we we need fats. We can't, for example, have a mix of plastic and paper inside because it's it, it can only be made from organic stuff. So from yeah, basically fats, which which kind of goes into the organic food waste. So we basically start with actually properly dividing and separating our waste, which we're not necessarily doing everywhere. But I can see that um, well, what you mentioned at school, it is separate. So at school, you could already produce a biodiesel exactly. for, I don't know, a school bus or something like that. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. this is how, how, you, how it started. And you mentioned that there are other possibilities of food waste that you were not so interested in. So does it mean you, you kind of looked at them a little bit or you completely discarded them? What were they? I, I looked at them a bit. It was the main other one was fertilizers. Not so exciting, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it is, it is quite also interesting. But I guess the, the reason why I also looked at biodiesels from different vegetable oils is because, yeah, oils can also be used uh, as a fertilizer. So maybe using oils that aren't very good for biodiesel synthesis can be used for yeah to make fertilizers so it's quite difficult to see which one is the best for um, either biodiesels or yeah fertilizer so that's why i also explored this but just explain this to me again what i first thought actually is that you mm -hmm. would really have to separate way more so you have a special container for oil where you keep mm -hmm. the oil but you said that actually you could take the whole food waste as long as it's organic well yes well you could do you could either make it easier and yeah only take oils and separate the fats but yeah it is uh, possible to remove it from organic food waste as, as i said yeah through solvents and there are many processes and it would be more expensive but it is it is still doable and now we go to your project itself. So mm -hmm. there you go. You collected all the oils. You have them in some bottles, I assume. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Actually, how much oil did you need to study it? To make one batch of bodies, I needed around 200 milliliters of vegetable oil. So I had around, I did many trials. So I would say I had around, yeah, maybe one liter of um, vegetable oil. Yeah, okay. just to be on the safe side. So you have it. And then what happens? You don't just stare at it. I mean, you <laughs> no. stare it maybe later on. But first of all, what 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 happens then? What's the so, process? Then I have to test the biodiesel. So I have to see which one is better to, to be used as a fuel. So then what I do is I use uh, calorimetry, which is a technique uh, I learned in school. Also, it's kind of a very well-known and it's, it's used worldwide. It's a technique uh, to find how much energy is released when a substance is combusted. More specifically, it's combustion enthalpy. But basically, um, what I did is I burnt the biodiesel, I had to time it, and I had 10 milliliters of water in a flask over the fire. And basically, I need to measure the temperature change and the change in the mass of biodiesel to see the, um, the amount of energy released per mole of biodiesel. And that's how I can compare them. So wait a second. So colorimetry is, is a way of burning or it's a way of measuring? It's, it's a way of uh, measuring the, the, yeah, the energy released. Uh, enthalpy is, in simple terms, it's energy. 
And uh, yeah, it's a way to measure the energy released. But you also, when presenting your project, you said that there are uncertainties when using it. So what are these? So um, the the big uncertainty is that, um, well, there's uh, energy released to the environment. So we are using water as kind of the... um, yeah, the substance that substance that traps the energy, but there's still kind of energy uh, that is not getting absorbed by the water. Therefore, that's a big uncertainty. And then, yeah, also energy released and absorbed by the apparatus is also negligible. So it's not taken into account. So yeah, there are um, a few uncertainties related with this way of measuring. But at the same time, if you're kind of measuring the oils with the same method, all of them, so maybe yeah. you can't really get the exact um, you know, results if you were to use exactly. this biodiesel yeah. all the time, but you can compare. Exactly, I, I can compare them, exactly. And when you were talking, I also noticed a few other jargon things that mm-hmm. got me kind of interested. There was something called transesterification. Yes. What is that and why were you applying it? Well, no, the tra- transesterification is the reaction that, yeah, that, yields the the biodiesel so when methanol and sodium hydroxide is added to the vegetable oil a transesterification reaction occurs so i mean it's it sounds quite complicated but it's a quite a straightforward reaction so basically trans means cross ester ester is um, a type of bond and ification is the process of making so transesterification is crossing and uh, making ester bonds which yeah produces biodiesels from fatty acid. So basically, again, I'm trying to get to the core mm-hmm. of your of mm-hmm. your research, and I I see two two kind of facets. So you have this idea that you're measuring how good they are, but you also have the idea of producing the biodiesels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had to produce them, and one thing I had to think about was to produce them under the same conditions because, yeah, different conditions can yield different types of biodiesels or it can change something. Therefore, I had to produce them in the same way so that they could be comparable. Would that also mean that you have to be very careful with the temperature you're producing them in? Can temperature of the room also change the results? Well, I I produced the biodiesels at, it was 45 degrees. I had to not get them over 64.7 degrees because that's a boiling point of methanol and Violent er- reaction can occur if yeah the the boiling point of methanol is exceeded, but I had the temperature controlled because yeah it is quite dangerous if it went over sixty four degrees and also as you said it can change the the results and the the yield of the biodiesel. Okay, so when you decide on such a project, how many mm-hmm. approvals do you need to get? Because if you're saying that it's a bit uh, dangerous, then it's not that you know I assume you were doing it at school. Yes, exactly. I, I had it was supervised by my chemistry teacher, okay, Dr. Maya Babich, and she went through all the the safety equipment. Yeah, we talked about all the safety equipment, uh, and I of course had to make a form, explain everything in that form, so so that everything could occur nicely and without problems. Okay, so now walk me through the way you produced it because I kind of understood a little bit. So you're adding methanol, right? Yes. So methanol is one of the the reactants. It's um, the main reactant. And then I have to mix it first with sodium hydroxide, which is the catalyst. And I have to do this under a fume hood. What is a fume hood? A fume hood is um is a kind of environment where basically you're you're not directly in contact with the reaction. It kind of it has an air vent and it sucks in all the pollutants that might be produced by the reaction. And I had to do it under um, a fume hood because when I mix methanol with sodium hydroxide, I get a methoxide solution, 
which is actually quite dangerous because it's a nerve agent. So yeah, I had to uh, be very careful with that. Once I have that, I need to mix it using a magnetic stir. A magnetic stir is basically a kind of a kind of rod that spins once you you put it under a hot plate, uh, and this allows the the other yeah, reaction to be the same for each trial and for each oil because I'm mixing it in the same way with the same apparatus. Okay, so if you were just to stir it yourself, then exactly. you're introducing error. Error, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. So um, once I have that, once I have the the methoxide solution, I let it yeah mix for around two minutes. I, I have that, and then what I have to do is I have to measure out 200 milliliters of the vegetable oil, and then I add it to yeah the the beaker with the methoxide solution, and of course I measure the temperature. Um, of both the the methoxide solution and the vegetable oil solution are both at 40 degrees or 45 degrees so then the solution is also at 45 degrees so that no errors in in terms of temperature occur and then i, I mix them together uh, i then put them in a in a separating funnel well i have to put them in a separating funnel because the, the reaction produces biodiesels and also glycerol which can be used for yeah, soap making, for example, that's one of mm-hmm. the uses. And it's a byproduct of the biodiesel reaction. And what happens is the glycerol forms at the bottom of the separating funnel. And therefore, I have to drain it out. And then I'm left with the pure biodiesel. So that's why you, you need it in this case, exactly. because you have a byproduct. So it can. Exactly. And I need to also leave it for around yeah a few hours before I, I can drain it so that it has time to separate. So then how many trials were there? I, I assume it was not like, okay, today we produce all the biodiesels. Well, I had uh, one day where I made them all because I need a ah. few hours for the biodiesel and the glycerol to, to separate. And then the next day I kind of drained out the biodiesel and separated from the, from the glycerol. And then I uh, spent the second day measuring it because of this kind of four hour or six hour time period where the glycerol and biodiesel separate, I had to kind of make the biodiesel on a separate day so that I had enough time to yeah, to do everything. So now you have all the biodiesels and you start measuring. How do you do that? Yes. So I put the, the biodiesel in a crucible and I burn it. I, I also used 50 grams of cotton because it was quite hard to light up the biodiesel. Yeah, just plainly. So I, I used um, 50 grams of cotton, which is another uncertainty also in my experience, which helped the biodiesel combust. But I, I also added this in my in my data. I'll, I'll explain that later. Well, I, I didn't really need to measure out a certain amount of biodiesel because I was measuring the change in mass. So basically, I, I use a biodiesel infused cotton and light it up. I see the change in temperature of the water, which is yeah, which is above the, the flame of the biodiesel and the change in mass of the cotton and the biodiesel. And from there, I, yeah, I get the, the combustion enthalpy in kilojoules per mole. How do you measure the change of mass in this particular case? Yes. So in this case, the, the cotton always um, burned completely. This is something um, I saw it. I did a few trials um, beforehand before doing the experiment. And that's how I decided to do this. So because the, the cotton always burns completely, Therefore, I could always remove 50 grams from the, from the mass. And then I could also just measure the, um, the change in uh, biodiesel uh, that combusted. So it's kind of, as you said, it's an uncertainty, but at yeah. the same time, as it was burning fully, it was not introducing exactly. more mass to, to the exactly. experiment. Yeah. 
and then you measure and that's it and you're and happy yeah yeah <laughs> so what are the results Yes. So the results are that um, olive oil, sunflower oil, and sesame oil are very combustible. Canola oil was, yeah, it, it, it still kind of combusted, it, but it, it released less energy. And um, corn oil did not combust at all. So olive oil rules, that's the first one, and they are kind of comparable with the two other ones. Olive oil was the most combustible one, but... Because there are uh, uncertainties, I also uh, in the, in the graphs uh, I yeah I displayed in the presentation there are error bars and they are quite big for all three of the best biodiesel so olive oil, sesame oil, and sunflower oil. Therefore, it is quite hard to tell which one is the best. Therefore, yeah, we can say that um, all three are are quite good. Okay, and this is also good. You mentioned that if people are more interested, they can always go online. We'll share the link to your presentation so yeah. they can watch and see exactly the, the graphs and the error here. Because of course, we're just chatting about the process, but we're not necessarily scientifically showing all the uncertainties <laughs> yeah. and errors and all that. So, exactly. And of course, they can contact you as well if they're interested more in the yeah, project. Course, yes, yeah. I'm sure you'll be happy to, to share more. Okay, so now you have the results and what's next? Now you are just converting everyone to use biodiesels? <laughs> well, yeah, biodiesels, yeah, what I kind of researched after is that they're quite good because, of course, they can be made from food waste. So instead of kind of drilling and finding either petrol or oil or whatever, these and it's non-renewable, this process of drilling oil because there are there is a yeah, certain amount of petrol and all of those, um, all of those fuels in on Earth. Um, but biodiesel, on the other hand, because we are always we always have food waste. There was a, worldwide there is around two billion tons. We can kind of it's a renewable process. We can continue making them, and they are also better than uh, other fuels like uh, diesel and petrol because they are clean burning and yeah they they have many other um, properties. So in general, now you've become an ambassador of biodiesels, more or less. It seems it seems very good uh, as you, the way you put it. But I was wondering, mm -hmm. like, is there a problem? Because if you take them out from food waste, you will have a mixture, mm -hmm. right? You will not have purely olive oil. Normally people, unless you are in, I don't know, a Mediterranean country and you can assume there's going to mm -hmm. be only olive oil, normally you will have a mix. Is that a problem then? No, because um, we can always separate the different oils in terms of solubility because that's the main thing we can they, the main difference they have but yeah um I, i'm still continuing this project so i i still have a few plans for yeah for this uh, are you also looking into the cost of producing those because that's also something i started wondering you said some some of the methods are more expensive so yes um well i think that will be more in the future because my my, my my second step is to really synthesize them from food waste yeah see if see if the mixtures of oils in the food waste can also yield good bodies okay so you're more looking into the experimental part let's say yeah exactly okay. but um nevertheless it it is something that i will also look at the the costs and all of that. Okay, good. Nice to hear that you're continuing because, of course, I noticed that very often uh, when it comes to the participants of our contest, you know, there's some spark, you start and then you just want to know more yeah. because, of course, also the jury gives you some ideas, right? And in general, exactly, it's, yes. a, it's a process where you have a chance to talk to other specialists in the field or maybe other colleagues, yeah. mates, or however you want to call them, that, that gives you some ideas too because maybe they look at it from a different perspective. So this is always good. And also, one of the things that happens is that 
that you win prizes, right? And one of the prizes, you got a few actually. Congratulations on that. It was, yes, I was, oh, and you again when I was sitting there at the <laughs> award ceremony. And one of it was actually to participate in, in COP28. So, as yes. we have been already there talking to the delegation last time, uh, I was just curious, is there something that you're planning to prepare? What do you think about COP28 as such? Do you already have a mindset for participation? Well, yes, it is. Yeah, it is quite a yeah, nerve-wracking thought because, um, yeah, I will be talking uh, in, in the Luxembourgish booth and it will be quite, yeah, quite stressful. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm also very excited and very uh, happy to do this. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, I, I also intend to change my project in a few ways and, uh, well, not change it, but kind of go further and uh, explore this idea of making it from food waste. I'm in contact with the University of Luxembourg, which yeah, has allowed me to continue, yeah, to give me a kind of lab laboratory where I will be able to synthesize biodiesel from food waste. My kind of extension to this uh, project is to synthesize it from fast food food wastes because they're very rich in uh, fats and oils. Uh, and I think it would be yeah, the kind of first, the first Do you already step. have a plan where you're going to collect that food waste? Yes. So my plan is to first use the uh, frying oil, for example, in McDonald's or in other fast foods. They have frying oil, which they throw away at one point. The first step is to make it out of this uh, this frying oil. And then the second kind of step is to see if I can make it from, for example, fries or different fried goods. So if you see someone on the train going to Belval with like big bottles of frying oil, then that's probably David, I assume. Although I don't know whether I would risk transporting this on a train, right? <laughs> you know, safety yeah. first. I don't know. I just already mm -hmm. see that oil somewhere spilling somewhere there. So that's, that's always <laughs> the, the risk of that. But good. Uh, great to hear that you will have a presentation at mm -hmm. COP28. I understand it's also a yeah. bit nerve-wracking and stressful, but at the same time, again, a chance to discuss it later on. You know, when you present, you always have questions and you can confront and contrast and see what other people are saying. But also, I guess you want to see and discover yourself, not only just... Exactly. participate and i think it's a it's, it's a great idea to do that okay so i already know all your projects i also know before we talked that by the way you're actually going to start studying you know just by the way except for the projects you have so congratulations on everything it was really really interesting what you shared with us i also learned a lot because well i have never obviously created any biodiesel so now i know maybe i'll try one day as well though i don't have an access to a lab so most probably not, but still very, very interesting. And what remains to, to ask is, of course, uh, except for this project, uh, what are your plans for the future? As I said, studying, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my, my future plans are to, to be a scientist, a researcher, a biochemical researcher. Yeah, that, that would be my dream. Yeah, and my future plan. So from the perspective of Luxembourgish science, you know, go wherever you're mm -hmm. going, study whatever you yeah. study, then come back here and keep doing mm -hmm. the experiments. Now that you have access to the lab, you already know how it is to work here. And hopefully, okay. you know, we'll get you back at certain mm -hmm. moments yeah. so you can contribute to whatever is happening here. I guess people do still eat a lot of fast food here. So I guess you will have Exactly, yeah. You will have some samples to collect and look at. Okay, thank you very much for today, David, thank and you. Uh, good luck. Thank you for having me. Bye. This is it for today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Remember that this episode is part of a series, and if you liked it, check out the other ones.
Young Future Voices. The podcast by Fondation Jeune Scientifique Luxembourg.